makes you such a threat. We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha. Greetings and good day and welcome my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart. This is the voice from Earth. It's good for all of us to be here. Today is a good day. Wake up now, my relatives. You are listening to First Voices Radio on Teokas and Ghost Horse. Sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus, or what Americans and Dutch call the Catskill Mountains. And it is the highlands of the Esopus and the lands of the Muncie speaking Lenape. This is an all native hosted, all native produced First Voices Radio. And Liz Hill from Red Lake Ojibwe Nation is a producer of First Voices Radio. Our guest, Atakli Nez Wheeler, is a very modern kind of crooner, a pensive, a deep voiced, whose serene surf country songs tap into the hope and the despondency of a new generation. The music he makes as Hatathli, an Navajo term that means to sing, a fitting diminutive of his given name, is that it turns witty and world-weary, sunny but endearingly solipsistic. And another guest, Albert Haskey, who's a software developer from the Navajo Nation, and he serves as the lead developer in this project, video that I'm going to be talking about in and has upheld his culture and tradition as a Navajo Dene. And we'll be talking about the album Singing Into Darkness, released by Hatakli, and of course the video you can find on YouTube is called Laugh Out Loud. And now the interview. Welcome to you to Hatakli Wheeler, who is a musician that I'm going to be talking with, along with Albert Haskey, who is a software developer. I met these two at a Opus 40 in Woodstock, New York this past week, and I wanted to talk to both of you, especially Atakli, about his music, because I had played the music and I caught it on the internet. In mid-June, I actually played one of the songs, Laugh Out Loud, 
And I was interested also in who developed the, the video because it spoke to the words that Atakli was talking about. So in both your languages, in both your language, I, I like to say yate. And I to say that in, in Lakota is how means basically I give you my heart. There's good hand. So welcome to First Voices Radio, Atakli and Albert. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's go with Albert Haskey. Your thoughts on what happened when you first heard your friend Hatakli's music. This is kind of like a fan's view and hearing a friend like you have in Hatakli is what your thoughts were on hearing this music and why you wanted to produce a video. I mean, it, it's, I think it all started with um, like this abundance of native uh, revitalization of like culture. And like, it kind of became the new hip thing back in 2020. And over time, I started to grow tired of it until I started finding Hatafi's music, which didn't sound like the typical native origin type of music. It was very fresh. And it was just nice to hear something that like, you know, was music front and foremost, who happened to be made by a Navajo. You know, I wasn't trying to make a point that they're Navajo front and foremost because um, I enjoyed like even one of the songs Res Dogs Fly that was definitely one of my favorites when I first came across it it was just something I just envisioned like some kind of music video that didn't have to be tied into Navajo it could be anywhere and it just it was nice to listen to and I guess that's where it stemmed to you know make why well, I wanted to make some more uh, videos oriented towards that type of feeling he, he captivated in his songs and I like the fact that you, in your bio, you described it as deep-rooted belief that every everyone should have access to these resources and actually to, to preserve and celebrate your Dene heritage, which is the other word, the real word for Navajo. And I like the fact that the energy that I met you two with on the bench above the performance stage was like, oh, this is this is uh, apropos. This is good because we're we are looking everywhere, especially with the people in front of us. Um, there was a mix of people, some native people, but the philosophy I think that we talked about, and I, I basically came forward and said, did you notice a difference between native people that we seem to have this quiet, not so much a resolve or a solution, but there's a quietness of you know that we're comfortable on this land with this land. And Tom Porter, who was one of the main speakers, said something that really, really jumped out at me. He said when he was telling the stories about all the peoples of the world, you know, the colors and whatnot, he said this. He said, we are the only ones as peoples who didn't go anywhere, that we remained home. And I don't know if you all remember that or if you remember that, Albert, if you do, maybe you can comment on that. I mean, I do very much kind of believe in that, I, like. I'm currently right now I'm at home. I've been home and I can't say I want to leave this place. It's definitely, so it's just trying to figure out how to, I can live out there while also being at home at the same time. I do like relate with that statement a lot. It just means a lot to me. Maybe the environment or something we grow up in just wanting, wanting us to, it's just maybe we're accustomed to, I don't know what it is. It's just something about yeah. home or just the place yeah. we're growing up in is just captivating. <laughs> I want to go over now to Hatakli Wheeler, who is a modern kind of crooner, who's pensive, deep-voiced troubadour, whose serene surf country songs tap into the hope and despondency of a new generation. 
And the music he makes as Hatakli, a Navajo term that means to sing a fitting diminutive of his given name. And as it turns out, witty and world weary, sunny, but endearingly, this is the new word, solipsistic, I think it says. And that means that means basically to me it means you're focused in on now and what what's going on. So I think the old word would be hip or hipster, where they were in the know long before my time but came to def- define us as Native people and being comfortable with not having to go to other countries because we are the only ones who didn't go to another country. We stayed in our home. And we find that everybody else came to this land. And from out of that comes your music, Atakli. And I find it very retro, but not intrusive. It spoke to us. We, we as musicians understood what you were saying but it also reached back into the, the generations. So with that, I want to introduce you and welcome to Voices Radio Hatakli. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Tiokasen. I'm currently in Albuquerque, just kind of hanging out at my crib. Uh, I woke up uh, about a couple hours ago and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like today is going to be a pretty good day. I'm going to go out and see some trees or something. So what, what does a 20-year-old... In fact, the 16, 15, 14-year-old think of when they began picking up instruments and what to apply to that, what goes with that, what naturally came to you? Uh, Well, I started making music, uh, yeah, I was about 14 or so, and uh, I I I started playing the bass guitar first, pretty simple. But I guess what the the reason I wanted to play music, I don't really know, I just kind of always... uh, imagined myself doing doing that you know or just kind of imagined myself i don't know if it was more of the drive to make music or just kind of my lack uh the lack of interest in all other things that had me end up here you know i because i wasn't really like a sports guy i wasn't uh i don't think like academically, I wasn't really, I felt like I didn't really fit into that. I, I didn't really fit into any other world other than uh, the arts. And so I think I just, I ended up here more than I, uh, I feel like I worked to be here. But there was also, there's also a lot of work involved. Not to hmm. say that there isn't. Do you feel like you are, some articles and magazines are calling you a breakout star do you feel that way um i mean not really that spin thing was just kind of like a that was pretty random i don't know yeah i mean that was pretty cool i don't know if i feel like a breakout star what about laughing out loud the the one i just played midnight soldier and i like that but laughing out loud is what drew me in and wanted to find out more about what kind of music you played it was present and using today's vibes, like you two are 20-year-olds, 20-somethings, and I'm like, I'm amazed. And as, as as Albert said, he's on the land, and so are you. You're home, right? Bringing that mm-hmm. voice, so it's a philosophy that you bring forward. Is is that your yeah. main thought when, you, when you're writing your lyrics, which I will be privy to someday, I'll be able to read those? Well, I'll... I just mainly just try to like be myself and not really hold back when I write lyrics. There's not really any kind of a uh, overlaying idea over all of them. 
maybe for the albums there's there might be some kind of a theme or uh, or yeah but in terms of all of the songs i would say what they all have in common is that i just uh they just kind of land where they land or i let them land where they land and that's what people have associated uh my sound being and and what do you associate your music as being what genre is it not even encased in any of those categories uh i mean it's probably it's pretty i just tell people i think i tell like people my age that it's indie but if i meet people like older i'll just tell them that it's rock um if some people like don't have any idea i'll just tell them it's like uh it's following like classical music or something Hmm, very interesting albert you said something about it the question i got out of what you said was that is not really traditional but yet it, it has a feel that it is i think what i meant by that is i don't know when you listen to other um native music you definitely tell that they're trying to bring forth some sort of meaning that they're native american this is why and this is who we are and that type of stuff. But whenever it comes to Tati's music, I, I tend to just revolve it around in a story first, foremost. And they happen to just be on Navajo. That's what I noticed. Um, just some of the songs or some of the song titles alone are just funny enough, like Tayley Southbound. Mm-hmm. Like only people around Tayley or that area would understand that. And it's not trying to say anything, you know, to say like Tayley doesn't sound Navo first and foremost, you know, it just sounds like, okay, it's some somewhere else, but it's a place that I live really close by too. So mm. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's, you know, there's nothing saying like um, something about indigenous. He doesn't have anything about indigenous or anything about that type of rising. Just, just there. <laughs>
but you would think hotly that from that from the comments Albert just said is that stepping out of traditional yet not trying to impress people that you are the or Navo, you're just a human being first. And it seems that's the underlying theory is when I listen to the lyrics and understanding the music, it's uh, okay, I can listen to this all day, which I pretty much, when I first bought the album, I was listening to it, but I had to listen to it intently to see that it's a deep-seated, very visceral thought process going on there. With To me, I'm, I'm impressed because it's 20-year-olds, so I shouldn't even say that because they're 20-year-olds and they're prodigies, but no, I, I don't want to say that. It's like you feel like you're my age. Right. Energy sure. has no energy is ageless. So you can apply that to any times if 90 year old grandma to, you know, to a two year old, including 20 mm-hmm. year olds. That's a beautiful thing that uh, energy doesn't have any, any age, because I feel like uh, one of the main um, in Navajo uh, creation uh, lore, uh, there's a lot of deities. And uh, one of them is uh, a son, which is a. Uh, which is referred to as changing woman. And I always thought of that being as uh, what you just said is like a, this force that encompasses everything, but it also encompassing everything. It doesn't limit itself to as any sort of, uh, any sort of a uh, vessel, you know? I mean, it's, 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 it's the concept itself is ever changing like femininity. And I feel like that's a cool thing to, uh, to spot out. So are you saying that the changing woman, the changing woman changes you? Well, it's just, you are, everything is changing woman. It's just ever changing. But, you know, that's just me. I'm not, I'm not speaking for, that's just yeah. the way I've always thought about it growing up. I think it, it's primarily as I walk through this dimension, this world, I, um, I understood the educated process here and people wanted me to memorize. People wanted me to retain knowledge. People wanted me to retain the information, but I didn't always feel it right. It felt like I was always forgetting as I was retaining. I wanted people to know what I'm thinking. That means I had to be in the present. So speaking out of that quote unquote traditional knowledge is we do not have a present phobic language. That's an interesting thought. I don't know necessarily if our language works like that, but I mean, I think conceptually that idea is there very much. It may not be in the way we speak because we do have differences in terms of like verbs. The verbs are alone very um, intense and complex. But that idea of everything in the nowness is very present in the way we speak. Maybe it hinders back to like, you know, when we speak of the past, the pre- um, the future, it does revolve back to coming into present, you know, that, you know, in the past, it's already happened, but we're here. And same thing, talking about the future, we're going to be there in a bit. And I guess that's the way we speak in a sense. We talked about this a little bit and how the language really contributes to our thoughts and mostly verb centered rather than noun subjective or objectifying thingifying basically but actually keeping it in motion your work leonard or albert is is that when i saw laughing out loud the video is like wow this is he's in both worlds or three worlds basically 
but the the past present and now here it is in, in yeah in the present not the future the music that you make Dakhli, that's what i'm speaking about i said it's old it's new but yet it's here and it w- makes you want to listen because you're not i don't know where to go with this maybe there's not a word in, in english to apply to what i'm hearing yeah i mean this new album was pretty it was it was pretty different in terms of uh just the all around uh goal or the all-around sound that i was trying to achieve especially the lyrics and the way that i was conveying and singing them um yeah i was writing a lot of like poetry right before that or before the album i made the album and you know it's just interesting how things kind of turn out that way it's interesting how this album turned out as a result of everything that led up to it which song which track would you say described what you just said standing ovation off the album is is the one song that uh helps helps listeners identify the the, the album itself Oh, oh, oh. 
Okay, so here I am asking for your thoughts on the, the music that just played, Standing Ovation, but I'm also interested in Midnight Soldier. Why did you recommend that or mention that the first? The first, what is what is Midnight Soldier all about? It's kind of about like my perception of ideology and people kind of like flexing ideology and uh spreading it and you know everybody getting their hands and fingers into the into the mix and especially i feel like things have been always happening in terms of people changing things and uh but this life that i'm in now is like i am noticing all of the things that people are doing nowadays within culture and uh midnight soldier was just kind of like an i was trying to wrap my head around what it all is and so it's more of like an attempt you know
First Voices Radio. My name is Tio Kazin, Ghost Horse.
And this is First Voices Radio. My name is Teokazen Ghost Horse, and that's the story of Francisco from the album Singing Into Darkness by Atahli, which is H-A-T-A-A-L-I-I. Thank you for joining us. Well, we're going to go back to this interview. Very interesting, insightful, very real with these young musicians and via videographer Atahli and Albert. So did you find a lot of inspiration? Many people did, I hear, during that time of the so-called pandemic, the COVID insurrection, I would call it. Yeah. Probably. I mean, uh, I would say that, you know, COVID really brought out people's minds in, uh, yeah. in, on, in, in, on the Internet, you know, because the Internet's a real, uh, it's such a strange thing in that it, it shows everybody, everybody, and what everybody's thinking. And, you know, being in the pandemic, it's like you were just kind of forced to be with everybody's mind. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it definitely had some kind of an impact on the creation of the album, I would say. Mm. So we're speaking with Albert Haskey, the, the developer for the videos um, in, in, in the project that he's been working with. Takli Wheeler, who again is the, the musician in in focus here, and I want to know more about. Of course, let's talk about the future. What's happening in the future? You have new videos coming out, and actually, what what do you think besides being in New York City, uh, Takli? What do you think about being in the the basically the country, the mountains of upstate New York this past week? Both of you, what's your thoughts on that? I thought it was freaking awesome, man. Like at nighttime, it was all like mysterious and the hill rolling roads going up and down and winding and the tall trees and the, in the Catskills, we stayed in Phoenicia the first night and, um, it was just so mysterious and crazy. There was this like nuke alarm that went off at like 3 AM. And I thought I was dreaming until Leonard told me in the morning. It was pretty cool. Nuke alarm. It was a fire alarm, um, but it oh. sounded like straight out of like something from 1940s siren that just woke us up. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because the, those fours, that mountain, just reminds me so much of home. This is actually my home, my backdrop. Uh, look yeah. at you guy. It may look barren right here, but like just a little further this way is more like foresty area, like very much similar to where we were staying at in New York. Maybe not that um, thick or dense. But it definitely reminds me of it a lot, and it just reminds me of home, and I just like that type of feeling. So you both talk about contributing to your community, to the people, to the land, to humans in general, but to life in general. Do you find it often, maybe too often, or maybe not even finding it the way I see it, that we, as humans, often think only of ourselves first? Um, so we become very anthropocentric about our music, about our presentation to each other, and I always wonder, can you take um, can you take your video and go show it to animals or the tree, and may, maybe wait for a response? Can you actually sing hmm. that song hatatli to to a tree, and would that tree understand what you mean? Yeah, little stretcher. Yeah. Well, no, I I, I um, I'm in a new place now, but I, I lived in an older place with roommates and uh, here in Albuquerque, and uh, I didn't have much privacy. But uh, and so I would go outside and uh, I would write. I had a little notebook, and I'd write either just I would just write anything. And uh, and I used to uh, 
and there was a lot of flora in in the front yard, a lot of bees and just kind of different plants everywhere. And uh, I'm sure me and Leonard have had this conversation at that same place. Uh, we used to sit outside, and but uh, I remember thinking that uh, the the life that is giving all of these all of this flora, um, it's there's no reason to believe that it can't hear or absorb whatever it is that you're. Uh, that you're doing, let alone thinking. And so, you know, I would always think or write or say things with the life around me in mind and that it uh, hears you as you're contemplating or you're praying or you're wishing for things, that it listens and... Uh, that if you prove to it whatever that life is that is within the flora or animals, that uh, if somehow that you can prove to it that you desire something enough that it'll uh, it'll rearrange the future so that you know you may have uh, you may we may have what you want. I do very much vividly remember that conversation. Um, but unknowingly, I guess I did take that to heart. I do tend to try to keep everything. Um, yeah, funny enough, I, everything I do revolves around everything else first before me. Eventually, it does have to come down to me in terms of like whether it's making a living on this um, type of video or coding or anything that ultimately comes down. But that, that ends up happening towards the end. It's always um, in the process. I try to figure out how I can help for um, other people or just, you know, things out there. And it's funny that you bring that up, that um, we're probably that nature or things outside life is li um, listening to us. Cause there are times where I head onto my mountain and there's like a nice valley. And I often just, you know, talk there. Um, I often don't know who I'm talking to. It could either be my grandparents, could be, could be Nastan, mother, Na um, mother nature, the earth. But I would just talk about issues that arise or just, you know, the planning process that I'm in in that particular situation at that moment in time. Well, one final question as we go out here. Um, so the one thing that, that came to mind is both of you seem to not have lost cultural fluency. Cultural fluency is that, you know, that the river of confluence is still going through you because you are on the land with the land in in a country and in the lands down between your four sacred mountains. And um, I enjoy the fact that I can refer to you as a, as a well of, of fluency, of cultural fluency, because I feel that. And, and later on, it could be that we need to keep the language going without preserving it as a jam. It is alive and living language, and I'm feeling that from both of you. Maybe your final thoughts on that as we go out here. I would say that um, I I spend uh, lots of time with my mom, and uh, especially when we're like driving somewhere, because when you're on the Navajo Res, it, you takes for, it takes kind of a while to get to places, and so it's just like long, lots of long car rides. And uh, my mom, she she's very she's very traditional, and uh, I just like to pick her brains about certain stuff in terms of Navajo culture and she tells me things and she tells me the things that 
her grandparents told taught her and uh we'll sing like songs together like uh ceremonial songs and she just teaches me about the thing what they mean and the certain philosophies that are kind of embedded in the the words themselves and uh i always try to i leave i leave with that i leave that with the kind of uh you know like how can i incorporate this into my lifestyle now even though i'm not like living traditionally on the res anymore i just it's like uh what can i take with me you know what should i leave but uh you know a lot of like with the way the way that i think i think is very uh molded by certain navajo philosophies and stories I do have to agree with him on um, the way we think. Uh, that's how I go about my life in terms of whenever I approach anything new. Um, that's how I try to approach everything in life. Think, plan, do, and analyze, and see what comes of it. Such an honor to have both of you young men here uh, on First Voices Radio. And it's, it's uh, very clear that I have nothing to worry about. If you guys have it, no problem. Okay, there we go. The carrying on of those generations. And um, keep up the good work. Keep it going. And maybe we'll get this interview going again in a year or two from now, if I'm still on the air, uh, if you're still willing to come on. And big thanks to you from Northeast, but from the Lakota Nation, as well as all across the planet from indigenous peoples as as we are. Thanks a lot and for being there. We'll see you, Doksha Akewachiank Telo. We'll see you again in a circle of life soon. Excited to see you again then. As am nice I. meeting you in New York.
Pain in Pope Joy's Hands. That was by Hatli of the album Singing into Darkness. I'd like to thank them both, Albert Haski and Hatli, for joining us here on First Voices earlier. It's good to have young voices and come to the airwaves from native people and not just the expected overall American mindset from young people. They took their time. And, and the one thing I noticed when I talked to them here in upstate New York last week was that they really considered the um, question. They were listening to understand, and out of that understanding, they took their experience and answered it in a very contemplative manner, and not just to repeat from a memory, but wanting to engage, and that's what I find a good difference is. People living on the land with the land, an original language, from this place called Turtle Island, in this case, in Arizona with a Dene nation, as you may know them as Navajo, but Navajo is a disparaging terminology. It doesn't mean Dene, which is totally different. This is Teokas and Ghost Tours, and I'm glad you joined us here at this time. I'm just so glad to be here sharing these voices on this radio program for that long. And where do you find Atakli's music? I'd go to Bandcamp. H-A-T-A-A-L-I-I dot bandcamp.com and look for the album Singing Into Darkness. You'll see what I mean by he's a deep thinker and able to express it that way through his music. Thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. My name is T.O. Kazing Ghost Horse. And now this 